Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey everyone, welcome back, Pure Victory Podcast. Today we are, we're going to simplify things, kind of dumb it down a bit, because I need that. Not saying you do, but I do. <laughs> You're asking, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm talking about doing the opposite of all your inclinations in regards to porn. And that's a little bit of, what do you call it? It's a little bit of clickbait, I think, there. But the reason I'm saying that is uh, to get your attention is because often our first inclination when it comes to porn is we go into these dark places. And uh, the way to get out and to move forward and freedom and and at least set yourself up well is to do the reverse of whatever that that impulse is. So we're going to go through a list today of some of those things. So just simplify it. Bring it to a level that has some understanding because sometimes we just make things so complex. We just make it a huge mountain that we never feel we can climb. And so this is to help that to kind of give us some understanding of some tangible things we can do. But that doesn't discount the fact that God always has to be center. He is the source of our freedom. He is the the author of our breaking free from this addiction and growing. And we can't stress that enough, but there are some things and choices that we do out of that that we need to be aware of as well. That's right. Yeah, and we we hope that this will, will just be very simple and practical and help you see things differently in your life. Basically, when you're dealing with temptation, how can you respond to it? And that's that's uh, that's the gist of it. And we're going to go through it. And you had me thinking, I don't even know if this fits, but you just had a thought that, or you triggered me to think of this thought. John Maxwell, leadership expert and author and speaker and all that, he, he said he was getting interviewed one time and someone said, like, why are your books so simply written? Like, there's no big words or anything. 
And he said, so that people like you can understand it <laughs> <laughs> to the, to the interviewer and <laughs> just having some fun. But for us, we got to, I mean, Brad and I, we got to be simple. Just keep uh-huh. it simple because we're not too complex. As you guys have heard, if you've nope. been listening. So, <laughs> so we got to keep things simple. And so, you know, when we're dealing with porn and want to have a, an escape uh, out of temptation, uh, what are those escapes? And often the escape will be highlighted by the trigger. Mm. And we try to just ignore triggers a lot of times, yep. but how can we utilize a trigger to tell us exactly how to escape? And we're going to get into that. So, yeah. And so we'll start with a few here. We'll just go down a list of, of kind of some of the behaviors that we have surrounding our uh, porn addiction. So uh, this was a big one for me is I would look at porn and I would feel really bad about myself, maybe about my world, about my circumstances. And I would withdraw. I would isolate. I would become hidden more in my speech and what I shared with others, but I would withdraw from relationship completely. With my wife, uh, with friends, with my church community, I would withdraw. I didn't feel like I had any value or whatever else you want to add to that. But my inclination, my impulse out of that was to isolate because I I felt shame. I felt down on myself and I didn't want anybody to see that. I didn't want anybody to see my junk. So I just put walls up and I would isolate into my room, so to speak, uh, figuratively, I guess, right? I like, you put walls up? Like you go put, <laughs> get some drywall yeah, and That's right. Home and Depot? Man, I made a lot of trips. Around. Frame <laughs> frame a wall inside your bedroom? Built all these walls. Yeah, my house just looks so weird, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, we do this. Like it's just this, this thing that we do where we isolate ourselves and it's these walls that we do build and we're not crafting them with hammers and nails, but we're doing them many. Um, mentally and spiritually and emotionally where we just separate ourselves from others and uh, so that's our impulse that's our that's one of the the kind of go-tos when we're, we're battling an addiction is we we don't want others around and if you're out there listening and going man me too you know why it's you too is because that's everybody that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how we are yeah. when there's shame we hide and and you guys in pure freedom that are listening you guys know from shame we either isolate our soul or we isolate physically and we isolate our soul by by just not opening up and not being vulnerable with people or we isolate physically by literally staying in our room and not going out and seeing mm-hmm. people because we have so much shame. This is, a, this is a really good way to put it. We're born into Adam, if we know that with scripture. We're born into basically sin. Mm-hmm. And then through Christ, we have a new life. We're given a new life. And so now we're born into Jesus. Those are polar opposites. So born into Adam, born into sin, we do what Adam and Eve did. We go and we hide when they sin. Yeah. But born into Christ, he goes, now expose the works of darkness. we got to come out of isolation and we've got to seek community. So if you're there and I mean, just think like, do I isolate in any way? Do I hide mm. in any way from someone? Maybe the answer to it, to the next level of freedom in your own journey is to look at how you isolate and go, okay, I need to bring this into light and have community and maybe be around people if it's physical isolation. Mm-hmm. So you got to ask yourself, what does community mean in my life? If you're part of church family, uh, you, you lean into that. Um, having trusted people around you that you can share what's going on. Being open and honest with those around you. Honesty is really key and appropriate vulnerability, of course. So, I mean, you're not shouting this from the rooftops, but you have, we've talked about accountability and those structures that you need to have in place. And so you lean into those and, and that's really key. And, and, and staying part of that community, even though it's hard sometimes, you don't feel like you want to be there. So you just got to continue to lean into that and you need that. We need community. Porn is, is one of those things that uh, removes connection for us and, and causes us to pull back so the antidote or part of anyway the antidote is that we surround ourselves in community so that's the simple answer 
uh, for you, that looks different than for some people, but there will be so much similarity there. Like community is community is community and you need that. You know, what, what, what does that mean for you? So you got to wrestle with that. You feel like you want to isolate, you want to go underground, do the reverse of that, do the opposite. Cause that's not going to help you when you're hiddenness in the darkness in that, that area, you actually really start to spiral down even more. And that leads you further into that cycle of addiction and just really gets entrenched in your life. So, you know, how do we come into that light and, and just have God work in our heart? Um, and he does it through community. That's why the church is so key, but he calls us into relationship with others and ask those questions, you know, who do I need to be in relationship with? Um, what does community mean for me? And then, enter into that and some of us think well i'm just introverted or i'm quiet or more reserved i don't need people we all need people yep. we all need it maybe to various degrees and in different ways but we all need people and that's just how god designed it and we're in his likeness and image and he's got the, the son and the spirit with him the father son and the spirit they're mm-hmm. always together yep. we're in that that likeness where we need people around us and so with that another one is when you're lonely yep. that leads to pornography and or masturbation or fantasy or whatever and so what's the answer the answer to loneliness is not just to escape loneliness, but to go, man, what connection do I have in my life that I could be super grateful for right now? And I remember this guy was telling me that he's always bored and lonely when he watches porn. And he said, I, I like, it was like a day or two before this, whatever. And he's like, I've, I was calling all these people and I wanted to hang out with them and nobody could. So then I fell into porn because I felt dejected, yeah. like nobody, not rejected, but dejected, mm-hmm. thinking like nobody's hanging out with me, I'm lonely. And so what this highlighted was he doesn't know how to handle loneliness. And so he said to me, he's like, you know what I'm realizing through talking is that I don't know how to connect with God. And maybe, maybe I'm always so ultra reliant on people Mm -hmm. to cure my loneliness, but being lonely or being alone is actually a really good thing sometimes because we need to be alone if we're going to seek God or we need to be alone if we're going to rest sometimes. And so he didn't know how to handle the loneliness. And so what he had to do was he had to look at his life and go, I actually do have a lot of people who I can connect with, just not at this current moment, but I can connect with God right now and I can also be okay when I'm alone. And so the answer to his loneliness was not to just find the escape in people, but it was to dwell on, oh, I actually do have connection in my life and I can find that in God. And instead of escaping, he was able to be more fulfilled. And so the trigger always points to the answer. And instead of just escaping the trigger, we got to go, what am I really longing for in my heart right now? It's probably the mm-hmm. opposite of what I'm experiencing. You know, often um, we talk about community, there can be a healthy component to that when loneliness is lived out through that. Yeah. Um, what I mean by that is uh, you might see, know somebody like this, but I saw a lot of them growing up, um, a guy or a girl who can never be alone. They have to be in relationship with someone nonstop. And, and why? Well, they can't deal with their life themselves. They can't face it. So they have to create some sort of motion or movement where they never have to face these things. And, and that could be in constant perpetual relationship with people. And that's not that relationship is bad, but this is when it becomes something destructive because you don't face that. Like loneliness is something that I think that we all have components of uh, in our life and we have to navigate that. But inviting the Holy Spirit into those moments leads us to better decisions versus, you know, trying to escape it, run away from it. And that leads to the destructive patterns. That's when we run the porn because it feels good to us in that moment or it stops us from thinking about self or thinking about, you know, why am I feeling this? And so we go to these things just to not think. 
to not really focus on why am I feeling this? What is going on inside? And so connection to God and connection to what he says about us and, and, and worship and gratitude, you know, being connected in a good way is really a good antidote to, to loneliness. And it's not that loneliness is bad. What I mean by that is it can be a tr- uh, like a trigger. It can be an indicator. It can be something we can learn through. So it's just what we do out of that. And so what is our impulse right now? When you're feeling lonely, what's your first impulse? What's your go-to? And if it is destructive, if you're recognizing that, well, own it and, and figure out what is the steps, the choices, the boundaries in your life you can take so that you have choice. You have choice, guys. We're going to be very clear about this. We're going to have another podcast later talking about this, but triggered me. We have choice in these matters. And sometimes that's when we're battling porn, we think we don't have choice. And we do. We have choice. And when you're feeling lonely, what's the good choice? And connection is really key. Absolutely. Another one that is very common is anger. Anger. Mm. I feel so angry. I just want to go escape and lash out and even maybe be a rebel and watch pornography or masturbate. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to go like, okay, how am I going to process my anger right now? And instead of escaping and then never dealing with the hard things and never, never learning how to handle our emotions, when we're angry, we never, I shouldn't say never, we hardly ever blame ourselves. We're Mm -hmm. always blaming something else or someone else when we're angry. And so then when we, when we are tempted to act out with whatever sexual vice, it's easy because we justify it by how, how I was treated. It's the other person or the situation that caused this in me. And there's... There's a, an acronym, right, that a lot of people have heard is HALT. HALT leads mm-hmm. you to sexual vices, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So what this message mm-hmm. has done is saying, like, when you have these feelings, escape, like, run from it. I don't want us to run from it. I'm not a huge fan of HALT. And the reason is because of that. And that's what I found. Maybe it's not always the case. But I want us to dig into it. Mm-hmm. I'm angry. Why am I angry? And I want to get to the point where I can release my emotions and express my emotions and then get to the point where I have a sound mind because the sound mind, having a sound mind is the, is the opposite of just living out with, with rage and with anger. Mm-hmm. Because when, you're, when you have a sound mind, you can rationally think about things and even if you're justified in your anger, you can then go, okay, this was wrong, I was wronged, but this is how I'm going to act and this is how I'm going to mm-hmm. react and respond. Mm-hmm. So we want to pursue a sound mind instead of just reacting and going into sin or, or, or like staying in anger. When you feel that anger, pursue a sound mind. Yeah. Well, you just said something there that was so wise. I'll simplify it a bit here. But being reactive versus responsive. And there's two different approaches there. So, you know, reactive when we're angry is it's an impulsive thing and we just do it. We don't really give thought. We're angry. I'm angry. I'm putting my fist through the wall. Or I'm going to, you know, masturbate because, you know, forget you guys, whatever you're telling me, accountability, no, I had a bad day, you know, for whatever, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, You know, and you become reactive um, in your life and then you're not thinking about anything and whatever emotion you're feeling, it becomes your controller. You're controlled by it. Whereas responsive is you recognize that you have this feeling, this anger and anger is not wrong nor right. It's not wrong nor right. It's just, it's neutral but what we do out of it. So responsive. So you respond to that anger. You have this anger and you recognize that you're angry and you start to ask some questions. What is going on in my heart right now? And you start to ask those good questions. You know, what, what led me here? That's responsive. You're responding to the anger instead of reacting out of it. 
And um, that we start to ask those questions and not invite God into it, then we move into that having a sound mind because the sound mind is con- more controlled. We have the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who is leading our and informing our thoughts and our, I guess, our responsiveness to this. And he's the one who guides us and he's the only one who can lead us into having a sound mind. You know, um, without God at the center of that, a sound mind, well, it's just performative, <laughs> but uh, you might have the head too, but you don't have the heart too. So you, God gives us the heart too. So, you know, when you have him at the center of that, that responsiveness, you're going to learn some things. He's going to show you things you can't figure out on your own. And when you ask those good questions as you're led by him, so pause, you know, like your first inclination when you're angry is to be reactive in that, to, to just go forward in anger stop stop take a breath take a breath like honestly breathe in through your nose out through your mouth is that right yeah <laughs> yep, you got it yeah i don't know how to breathe but in through your nose out through your mouth none breathe. of us do no <laughs> we're always we're all mouth breathers we're, we're supposed to be in the breathers. nose right. god breathe life in adam's nostril that that tells us something that's right it's right we got to learn how to breathe and you know that can just settle us um sometimes we have to remove ourselves from a certain situation that's you know, not good, whatever it is. So you can just settle your mind and then invite God into that moment. So respond instead of react. And that's, uh, that's really uh, key, you know, so that you can move to that sound mind. So it's the opposite of what our inclination usually is. Usually we just blow up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it can be in subtle ways like, well, I'm going to go masturbate because I'm just angry. Um, this is, I need this. I owe it to myself to do this, to feel better because the world, whatever, you know, screw the world, right? Whatever you say. So that's and then so after we do that, we feel great because we're still anger, <laughs> angry, yeah. and now we have shame. That's right. Oh man, that's right. I want to I want to walk through just quickly um, something that's been so powerful for me lately, and I've brought it up with some guys in coaching when it's been appropriate lately. But in Psalm 31, I think it gives a really cool template of how to process emotion. So it's verses 12 to 16, and in verse 12 it says, "I'm forgotten as though I were dead. I've become like broken pottery." So what David's saying is he's expressing how he feels. Might not be true, might be true, but it's just how he feels. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I feel like I'm forgotten, like nobody even thinks of me. I've become so broken. And then verse 13, the very next verse, it's why does he feel like that? So for I hear the slander of many, there is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. So first when he's angry, he's saying what he feels. Then the next verse, he's saying why he feels it. Then the next verse, verse 14, he says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. So he's saying, I'm not going to just react like you're saying, Brad. He's saying, you are my God. You are my authority. I'm going to, I'm going to trust in you with this instead of just reacting. And so this is how I feel. This is why I feel it, but bring the Lord into it. Like you're saying, I'm going to trust in you, God. Then the next verse, it says, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. And so if you tie in verse 13 and 15, in 13, he's saying, there's terror on every side. They conspire against me, plot to take my life. But he's responding to that in verse 15 by going, but my times are in your hands. They want to take my life, but this only reminds me of God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Deliver me from my enemies and those from, and from those who pursue me. So whatever we're feeling when we're, when we're angry is like, I feel like nobody cares about me right now, but I'm going to say, Lord, you are my God and you do care about me and just focus on that and dwell on that. And then the next verse, it says, let your face shine on your servant, save me in your unfailing love. Mm -hmm. And so you're just like having this moment where your anger, you're responding to it in a healthy way, not just reacting and you're processing it. This is how I feel. This is why I'm feeling it. But Lord, like you are my God. 
And now I'm going to say, like declare your goodness over what I'm angry about. Mm. And then just like, let your face shine upon me, God. Save me in your unfailing love. Have this moment with God. Yeah. And it helps process and bring the, the Lord into that moment. So I hope that that helps and you can take that kind of template. Instead of just, I'm just angry and it's because yeah. of someone else and I'm just going to rage. That's right. And if you're wondering, like this wasn't just theory for David. He was on the run for 10 years of his life. Yeah. If you don't know that story, go read it. But 10 years of his life by this guy, Saul, who was trying to kill him. And the whole nation was after him for this, for the most part. And, you know, he had every reason to be angry, every reason. And how does this play out in your life? Well, when he had an opportunity to kill Saul, who he could have viewed as the source of all his discomfort. And in many ways, that's, that was the case. The source of his pain and his, his, you know, being on the run, living in the ditch for 10 years. Um, he had a sound mind. He was able to see God's plan through it. He did not take uh, Saul's life when he had a chance when Saul's back was turned to him. That's another story. I don't want to get into it, but look at that up. What a sound mind does. So you're not controlled by your circumstance. You're not controlled by your emotion. If anything, you respond out of that and you see God work in such powerful ways and you have control. You are self-controlled in those moments and you're not uh, this roller coaster of emotion all the time and, and subject to whatever you're feeling. And that doesn't mean that emotion is bad. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you're not controlled by it. And there's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on something that we can go to now is self-control. And self-control is another thing that with pornography or temptation, we've got to understand the opposite of our inclination because we try to go like, I'm trying to be disciplined or I'm trying to be self-controlled and I don't have self-control. So we're trying to self to have self-control in our own strength a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But in scripture, in Galatians 5, it says that self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if we can focus instead, not just on self-control, but focus on prayer, on bringing on like, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power in this moment. I feel weak, but I want your strength. And we start praying like that. Then we have the spirit that's filling us. And then a fruit of that is self-control. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot easier. Like it's so much easier when we're just like focused on God it's, and or like we're feeling full, we're feeling filled in life. And yeah. we don't need to just strive and beat ourselves up. Like, I wish I had more self-control. It's like, no, just focus on the right thing. And self-control will come out of that. Yeah. And so again, it's like, what's the what's the inclination, and what's the opposite response that actually, if we do that, will be helpful. Mm. Well, yeah, it's helpful. What you're sure? Because <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think that yeah, we go first to I got to be self-controlled. So then you become performative. Uh, it's all based on your performance to beat this thing, and and then that gets very frustrating because you can't do it. And, you know, you go back to porn or you go to masturbation and you're like, well, I'm not self-controlled. So I got to be more controlled. And whereas the reverse is, no, we lean into prayer. We lean into worship. We lean into the word. We lean into God. And the byproduct of seeking Jesus is the fruits of the spirit. He does that in us. So self-control comes from that. And then we often do the reverse. We become kind of legalistic in our approach to a lot of this stuff and become uh, behavior modification or whatever else. And, and it's just very frustrating. I was there um, totally. So yeah, that's a great point. And another one too, I mean, we're talking about emotion, but stress, being stressed is, uh, is usually a key trigger. And what do we typically do when we're stressed? Well, we look to our drug. Uh, of choice to release stress or we don't think about anything we just we don't want to process so we we either um, go to one of these other things like porn masturbation we isolate um, whatever else we remove ourselves from life often because we can't handle it um, we use sometimes we use these things as 
this this kind of badge um, on our life. Like, well, I have extreme anxiety, and I don't want to downplay anxiety. If you struggle with anxiety, you know, we, we need to get proper helps for that. But what I mean is that it becomes a victimhood badge, and mm. um, we never deal with life. Um, whereas, well, I'm just stressed, so I don't have to respond to that person, or I don't have to do this, or I do this because I'm stressed, right? So it becomes this victim mentality. And so if you're stressed, what's the opposite? Well, when we're stressed, that can be a great indicator for us that our rhythms are off. It can also mean that we need to learn how to deal with some of those emotions. And part of that is is leaning into the way that we best connect to God. We've talked about that in past podcasts. Um, you know, Sacred Pathways, Gary Thomas' book is great in learning how we best connect to God. Well, the key word I wanted to bring up here is intentionality. We have to be intentional to create space in our life to just really have that rest and um, to be rested. And I don't mean that just in a physical sense. I'm talking about a spiritual and an emotional sense too. So that peace that comes from God, it's because we're in his presence and we've carved out time for that. And so what's the opposite of stress? Well, stress is disordered. Have you ever been stressed? You feel like everything is off. Like the world is falling apart and you can't control it. It's like you're juggling a hundred different bowling pins and you don't know how to catch them all. That's what stressed feels like. Yeah. And um, But when you carve out that time with God, and what I would say is like, sometimes we need to schedule this in. Uh, that's really key. You know, put it in your calendar. Uh, this is something that I'm working on and I'll work on it with you guys here listening as well too. But carving out time for me every morning to just spend with God and being intentional. You know, one of the things too that I'll share. So I'm playing hockey, uh, men's league, me and Matt are on the same team. And our games are brutally late. Like it's just, it's just. I thought you were saying our games are brutal. Like we're brutal <laughs> now. But that, that would no. be true for me, not for you. No, 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 that's not at all. No, Matt's incredible. But uh, <laughs> um, the games are late. And normally I'd be driving home and I'd be like grumbling. Oh, I'm going home at like 12 at night and I'm going to barely get any sleep. But you know what I've done the past few nights when we've been playing late is all the roads are quiet. There's nobody around. It's beautiful. I put some worship music on. I just praise God. And I've encountered him in such amazing ways. I've, I've, I'm like, I'm going to be intentional with this time that I have. Because usually we're playing like way on the north side or something. Thanks uh, league there for, for scheduling us there. But anyway, I'm like, well, I have this time. I'm going to use it and be intentional. And, um, and when we're stressed and we're going through that, we got to be intentional with stuff like that. Because maybe you don't have a lot of time in your day. Where can you carve this out? And when I say carve, I think that's a great word because you got to be intentional to do that as well. Intentional to be intentional, (laughs) but you have to actually make an effort. You got to make a choice. And so you're feeling stressed. The opposite of that, that disorder is to bring some order in the sense of this is my time with God. I'm going to guard that. So good. So good. When I struggle with porn, I remember the last couple of years feeling so insignificant and it just kind of came back to me lately. So I've been talking about this lots, but. But I used to think like nobody's making, nobody's impacted by my life. My life doesn't make a difference in anyone's life. I felt insignificant. So I'll just go watch porn and feel good because it felt good. And like, literally, I'm not that, like, that's what happened. And I remember God said to me, I want to use you, Matt, but you got to deal with, you got to deal with this. You got to get pure. And so what I've realized is he was speaking exactly to my feeling of insignificance because he's saying, you actually are significant. I can use you. But also... Even before that, we could, like, if I had had the maturity, I could have gone, God, I'm I'm significant in your eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't see significance, but I feel, or but I know that I'm significant. Help me to feel that. Because it's the opposite response to, oh, I'm, I feel insignificant, so that's just what it is, and I'm just going to soothe myself. 
instead to go, oh, well, what am I longing for then? I'm longing to feel significant and like I'm worth something and make a difference and ask God for more opportunities for that. So what's the thing that you feel, the trigger, and what's the opposite reaction to that that would be healthy and bring some contentment to your heart? And I remember getting free of pornography and realizing that so often it happened when I was bored. And so now when I was bored, I was able to then learn some creativity for the first time. And I started writing lots and started even reading more or just like learning the Bible more because it was that was a fun thing for me. But people can learn different creative things. I mean, you can learn arts or learn instruments or whatever. And so when you're bored, it's like a lot of times we're, we're made to be creative, but we're not when we're bored. So we just numb out. Mm. But if we can go, oh, I actually have purpose and I need boredom where I'm not doing anything else in order to move forward in purpose. And I need to learn creativity because that's going to open up doors and God has given me gifts. Like if we're constantly busy, we don't have time for that stuff. Mm -hmm. So we have to be bored. And what's the perspective that we have on boredom? Is it an opportunity for creativity or for rest or for moving forward in purpose? Or are we just trying to escape it because we're bored and we're uncomfortable? Yeah, I think as adults, we forget the lesson uh, that maybe we learned as kids. Uh, you know, you'd run to mom and dad and say, I'm bored. Well, you're bored. Okay, well, you're going to clean or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you something to not be bored about, but whatever your parents did. But anyways, when you're a kid, even uh, outside of that, of doing that, but you'd have to learn to be creative and you explore the world and you, you learn that. And as a child, that's different than when we're an adult, but often we don't learn these lessons even into adulthood. So we face boredom. And we have a little, you know, a little moment there where we're like, well, I'm bored. So I got to stop myself from feeling bored. And so we go to different things and often porn, you know, boredom was a big trigger for me feeling bored and, and whatever. And I didn't like that. So, well, I got to feel excitement, novelty. What's the most exciting thing uh, when I was addicted to porn? Well, for me, it was porn. So I'd go to go there and it was that novelty, the excitement in my life again. And so What's the opposite? The thing, Matt, was you're talking about it, you know, like leaning into that boredom and learning that we have purpose and then being creative out of that. God has so much for us that we don't realize. Um, you were built on purpose. Your personality, who you are, the uniqueness of you, God wants to use that. And sometimes we miss that point. So what does it mean to live with purpose? When we're feeling bored, that could be a great opportunity for, for you to start to explore that. What are some things that you would love to do in life? Um, what are some areas that you have always wanted to try? And Matt mentioned a few, you know, but uh, what are some things we could do to be creative and, and learn out of that? So boredom can be a friend if used properly, or it can be something that's terrible for us if, we, if we're always trying to escape from it. So we'll figure out what, what's the opposite there of what you're normally doing. And, you know, I think purpose and creativity are really two key things there that we need to to, to lean in and, and wrestle with, you know, what does that mean for us? And I know that that helped me a lot when I was, you know, struggling with boredom and cause that was a huge trigger. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope the principle of this is hitting you. Like even if we haven't hit something that's relevant for you, what is the trigger? What can I identify? Even if we don't know, like ask God, what, what am I feeling right now? What's triggering me? And then we can start to grow in these areas. And when, one that, we have written down here is instant gratification because mm. pornography is and masturbation. It's instant gratification. Whenever you want it, you can go get it. And so we're not teaching ourselves or being able to learn delayed gratification, which is a huge key for success in anything in life. And so if we're constantly just giving in, maybe we need to learn delayed gratification and maybe yeah. it's in those moments, but maybe in other things in our life too and start training ourselves with 
with food or with books or with working out or whatever. Yeah. Like let's learn delayed gratification because if we get triggered and we just instantly give in, then we're not we're not established in the success principle of delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. So you recognize that like, okay, this is part of my process of acting now. Now what's the opposite? How do I need to grow in this? And that just does, uh, it it helps us a lot in being equipped to handle those moments. Yeah. Another one uh, to touch on uh, is, is when you're tired. Often we create a life that, uh, or we, we live our life in a way that we're always exhausted. We're just tired. What are some things that we do that creates exhaustion? Uh, scrolling social media for hours. We know that creates exhaustion. It could be staying up really late to binge watch your show or, or look at porn. It could be a lack of, of health in your life. Uh, you're not eating well. That doesn't make you feel very good. You're not getting the rest that you need either, or you're not getting the exercise that your body needs. So when you're feeling exhausted, tired, often, you know, our first inclination out of that is, you know, when we're struggling with porn is, well, we go to the thing that we think will invigorate us or our senses are down or uh, inhibitions are down a bit. So then we're weaker and we go to porn. So the opposite though, is you get some sleep. Maybe you don't scroll social media for three hours. Maybe you put that down. Maybe you take a fast from that. Try that. Maybe you get some exercise. Don't start trying to do it every day. Like I see this all the time. You see that infomercial on TV, you see these guys, you're, you're seeing their finish line and you think, oh man, and then you, you just give her and then you get pretty depressed because you can't get there right away. This is a lifestyle, people. It takes a habit building. So don't beat yourself up, but start. Don't go every day. Start once a week. Work out once a week. Just try. Find a time. And we talked about carving out time. Find that time when you can exercise. We need that. Maybe it's not hitting the gym. Maybe it's going for a walk. It's something where you're getting exercise, fresh air, um, you're, you're just changing your situation a bit and, and able to just breathe a little bit. And that helps your rest. It really does. Because rest doesn't just equal sleep. Rest, you get rest in other things too. Our body just decompresses when we're able to do these things. I mean, even after workout, it feels great, right? I mean, when you're working out, maybe it doesn't feel so hot, but after you shower and your body feels great. And um, so these are things that we can do the opposite of what we often do is leading into more exhaustive behaviors, but lead into things that bring rest. And so that's, and, and we don't want to discount this. You're feeling tired too. In a spiritual sense, well, we need to, to spend that time with God. And, and that's really key. We're going to find such invigoration in him far more than porn could ever give us. So the beauty of, of people, we're made to see it. We're made to see beauty, but what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to remind us like, man, this is just a glimpse of God's beauty. Mm-hmm. He's given us a, like eyes to see and a heart to be attracted to beauty. And so we can go, this is the thing that now I'm going to lust after is beauty. Yeah. Or we can do the opposite. Go, actually, this is a reminder to me of the beauty of God. And we start thanking God, praising God for things. And maybe we see other beautiful things that are healthy, or we look out at the mountains or look out at the sky and just like gaze at that. But I mean, we're the, the point is we're made to see beauty. And so it's not a bad thing. A lot of us were the, when we're struggling, like God, take this away from me, take mm-hmm. this desire away from me. No, he doesn't want to do that. That's the opposite of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He wants you to be able to handle it and steward it in a, in a good way. And man, if I had known how to be aware when I was struggling with porn, like I look back, I'm like, I had no clue, but I never even thought of like, what are the things I'm believing right now that are leading me to this? I, I honestly don't think I ever had one thought. And so if I can, if I could go back and go through the process of what are all the thoughts that I have in my mind that, or the emotions that lead me to pornography, 
that would highlight so many lies where then I can, I could start resting in the truth and declaring the truth. And so what are the, the thoughts or the, even the justifications that lead you to, to acting out or to stumbling? Those are lies that will keep you bound, but the truth will set you free. It's the total opposite. So what's the truth that you can dwell on? And when you're not tempted, that's when you got to focus on this stuff. Because when you're tempted, you're never going to do it for the first time. You're never going to reach for truth. But if when you're not tempted, you can you can pull out the lies or the justifications or all the emotions that lead to sin. Then when you're not tempted, then you're processing this. Then you're declaring the truth. You're like learning the truth of what the lies are saying. And uh, and as an example, like lies could be, could be I have no power over this. Um, it could be I'm too weak. I've done it so many times. One more time won't hurt. I'm not hurting anybody else. Um, those are all kinds of lies, and there's a million of them. But I I had zero awareness of all of the things that led me to it or or being tired or all my mm-hmm. emotions. And so if I could have done that and just focused on the truth and had God like instill that in me, that would have helped so much. So if you're out there and you're like, wow, I don't really think about this stuff either. Well, good news. You got hope because I got free and, <laughs> yep. and I hope that you can learn from me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Becoming more, I guess, mindful and present. You know, sometimes I think we just float. And we're not thinking about anything. We're just uh, uh, something floating in the wind, a paper bag, and we're blowing wherever the wind causes us to go. And and really, when we live life that way, we're not really thinking about anything. And and so we're just uh, subject to whatever circumstance, whatever emotion, whatever happened in our day. And I love what you said. Uh, that's so true. Like not in the moment of temptation, but in the moment that you're you're actually able to cognitively think about something. And, and that's the time for you. I think that's a great intentional point, learning point for us, is when you're at your best, when you're doing well, that could be the time to start thinking through some of this stuff, talking to God, you know, hearing from him and, and thinking about what are the different things throughout my day that trigger me? What are the things that have led me down that same path time and time again? And learn. And we invite others into that journey with us to help us because they can see things. But you know, I think that's great. That's a great uh, piece of advice and wisdom. And so that's part of awareness. We have to be intentional with it. Awareness doesn't just hit us like a lightning bolt. <laughs> we got to work at it. We got to fight for it. And uh, so if you're just expecting all of a sudden become self-aware because I want to be self-aware. So you say the word, I'm working hard at being self-aware. Well, what does that mean? And I think that that's where we have to be intentional with the choice to become self-aware and to process what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and to spend that time doing that. Same thing, same thing you said, Matt. I would have loved to have known that um, back when I was in the midst of all this because uh, I just I was so beaten down by what I thought was uncontrollable things in my life, and I didn't realize it, the, the choices I did have in this. Well, we're trying to get free, and we go through this process that will have more of an impact on other parts of our lives than we realize. It's not just about getting free from something. It's about learning your heart mm-hmm. and learning how to manage moments, handle stress, bring God into things. That will have an impact on everything. And I've seen it lots of guys with pure freedom. They're like, man, this impacted my whole life, my marriage, my purpose, my connection with God. It's really cool. And so we learn about our hearts and I just encourage you to dig in and um, take whatever you can from today and from different episodes and learn more about you because when you're struggling with something, that's a prime opportunity to learn more about you and, uh, and get healthier than ever. So thanks for tuning in. So glad you're with us. God bless, and we'll chat next week. 
Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.